As an operations pastor, I know how hard it is to hire the right people. I also know how hard it is to hire the right people in ministry. That's why I'm thankful for my friends at the Vanderblumen Search Group. They are the leading search firm for churches and faith-based organizations. Vanderblumen prayerfully comes alongside your team to guide you through the search process and bring you great candidates that fit your church's unique needs. Visit vanderblumen.com for more information. That's vander, B-L-O-E-M-E-N.com. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today. Happy Thursday. We know that you've got a lot going on in your church. Uh, You're probably busy as we get ready for this weekend, and we're honored uh, that you would take some time out. Pop us in your earbuds, as we say here, uh, and just, you know, listen to today's conversation. Today, uh, I'm excited to have Troy Palermo from Life Point Church in Ohio. If you don't know this church, you really should, uh, and I'm hoping you'll lean in and listen today because we've got some great content, uh, some really helpful content for churches. Uh, Troy, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad, glad to be here with you guys today. Now, you guys started just over 10 years ago, a church of about 2,000 people today, a great church. Uh, why don't you give us a sense of kind of what would people experience if they were to come uh, on a weekend? Yeah, so um, we have a couple of services here at uh, at the campus that, I'm, that I work primarily out of. We have a second campus and are planning to launch a third here at Easter. Nice. And you know, pretty pretty typical. Um, probably what a lot of you guys are doing out there. You know, it's it's um, more contemporary worship music, worship through music, and then uh, our pastor will, or one of our teachers will give a message, and mm-hmm. um, lots of young families. So that's been pretty cool to connect with younger families here in the community. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that makes you not typical is what's happening on the small group side. So, if I understand right, you have your weekend attendance is about two thousand. Then you have about 1,500 people in small groups. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Um, this past, this past uh, term in the fall, we had a, our attendance was about 1,850 wow. or so at that time. And we had right around 1,650 in groups. So That's we tried to, incredible. Yeah, we tried to keep uh, at an 85% or higher weekend to group ratio. And so that's kind of been our goal since the beginning. Well, I'd love to lean in on that and learn a bit more about what you're learning on that front. I'd love to hear, you know, when you think about kind of moving people, I think a lot of churches struggle with this. I know my church struggles with this. I've got my notepad out here. I'm going to be taking notes today. Moving people from kind of the large crowd out of rows into circles, into small groups. You know, what are you learning on that front? How is it that you're seeing, you know, that happen at your church? Well, so I think a couple of things, you know, for us, we really try to empower our leaders and mm-hmm. give them sort of a a real kind of central focus. And so it's one of those things where you can do a lot of good things in the church world, but you, you can't do everything and you can't do everything well. Mm-hmm. And so, so what we've wrapped our, our vision for groups around is five core values for us. And, um, you know, those are gospel identity, reaching priorities, uh, authentic community, spiritual intimacy, mm-hmm. personal ministry, which really covers the you know the group dynamic with one another, the relationship with God as individuals, um, evangelism, missions, those kind of things. And, and so what we've asked our groups to do is to focus on those things uh, each time they get together. And so mm. kind of what we said is focus on at least one of those every time you get together, 
and focus on all of those at least one time over a, we use a trimester system, over a trimester system. Mm -hmm. And what we found is it's kind of simplified it for our leaders, helped them to know mm. how to measure success. And it's made it homogenous enough that it's made entry into groups easy, okay. but yet there's enough autonomy for our leaders that they can kind of lead out of how they're gifted, how they're shaped, um, that kind of thing. So it's it's been healthy there. And how is it that you're kind of reinforcing those those DNA? Like, what does that look like from a communication point of view? Are you, you know, do you, are you, yeah, like how do you kind of keep those top of mind for folks? Yeah. So you know, for our leaders, it, obviously things get lost if you don't uh, if you don't have that kind of in front of us all the time. And so, you know, we do that primarily through coaches, uh, really on the weekends, that's our five core, those are our five core values for, for our weekend services as well. So our, our pastors talking about those pretty often as, and, you know, we just ask our people, Hey, incorporate those things at three levels at the level of our corporate time together at mm -hmm. the level of your group and in the, le at the level of your personal life as you're out in the community and your job and those kind of things. And so, um, so that's kind of how we've kept it in front of them. And then we've, we've tried to tap into what kind of is the natural rhythm in our culture here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably true for most of you guys out there that it seems like there are times when our folks are more dialed in mm -hmm. to what's going on. And then there are seasons where maybe there's a little bit more distraction. Mm -hmm. And so we've tried to just tap into that rhythm a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what, the way that we've done that with our groups is we've built three different trimester systems. Okay. Trimester systems here. Mm -hmm. And so our groups will meet together starting in January. We'll go usually through April. I try to break around Easter mm -hmm. and they will be 12 to 14 weeks together. We'll do a three or four week break. Then they'll do through the, through May to August, three or four week break and then to the holidays. And we'll do a little longer break over Christmas and Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And what we found is that the majority of our people who are new to our church usually get connected to groups during those breaks. Okay. So it's, it's a pretty natural time for people to uh, to check out a, uh, we call them life groups, to check out a life group environment. Hmm. Now, are you a kind of, is the commitment for a group, are they kind of staying just for one trimester or are they committed to multiple trimesters and are you kind of onboarding everybody at the same time? What does that look like to kind of, what is that, how do you work that rhythm out? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, so for us, what, what we typically say to a person who's checking out groups for the first time is, man, you can try as many groups as you'd like mm -hmm. until you find one that you feel like is a fit. Because while they're all structured the same, everybody's personalities are different, you know, different leadership styles. Mm -hmm. And and so we just give them the opportunity to check them out and, and find one that they feel like is a fit. But then once they find one that's a fit, we ask them to stick there mm. from term to term because there's to do different than that is to not really invest in community longer term. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are times when somebody comes and says, hey, my job schedule changed or this happened and I need to need to find a group that's a little bit better with our schedule. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, um, we ask people to stick from term to term. But for our new people, we'll, we'll typically put out a catalog a couple of weeks before our term launch that lists all of our groups, what area of town they're in, what night they're meeting on. And so for a new person, they pick that up. They don't necessarily know that a group has been together. Mm -hmm. For them, it's a, it's a bite-sized commitment of 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. And I've actually had people say to me, 
you know, I was nervous about going to a group for the first time, but once I saw it was, you know, only 12 weeks, I thought, even if it's horrible, I can do anything for 12 weeks. <laughs> and true. so it's, it's just taking down another one of those barriers for folks to kind of step in to what sometimes is a little bit of a, a scary situation if they don't know people or if they are not connected to anyone in the group mm-hmm. a, in a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great you know principle just to draw out there for church leaders that are listening in. You know, w- we know that the best thing for people is to be connected to relationships over an extended period of time. There is something about the longevity of that relationship that we can you know we lean into each other, we get to know each other. But the reality of it is, people, if you were to say, hey, you're going to find a group and you're there, you're there for two years. They're not going to do that. That's hard for them to commit to that. But to, I like what you're doing, saying, hey, let's bite this off 12 weeks, 14 weeks. It's not forever. Um, give it a try, you know, I think is a real practical way. Now, within those 12 weeks, are, you know, are they, is every week the same? Are you just saying, okay, you're coming, you do, you know, trying to live out all five of those values kind of every night? What does that look like? Yeah. So, no, the answer to that is that they're not the same every week. Practically, what that looks like over the course of a term, you know, there's going to be some sort of Bible study, prayer, maybe a worship element for eight to ten weeks out of the term. But in order to focus on those core values more holistically, we would say to them, hey, we want you to take one, maybe two times a term, go out in the community and serve somewhere together as a group. Mm. And we want to incorporate the family into that. So kids who are older, we want the kids serving with their with their parents and with their families. Mm-hmm. Um we would say, you know, for us, it's just as spiritual to get together and go, you know, out to eat or bowling because you, you kind of get to know a different side of people in that kind of environment versus maybe just sitting in a, in a living room. And, mm. um, you know, I say to my leaders, you know, you, if you've got a group that's doing bowling 10 weeks and Bible study two weeks, that's, <laughs> that's not what we're shooting for. But, right. but, but you know, just to kind of keep it healthy, keep it balanced. And, mm-hmm. and so that's what it sort of practically looks like for us. And, you know, I, I've seen that done in other places. None of this is really um, right. new with me, but, you know, just kind of contextualized it for for our culture where we are here in, in mid-Ohio. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Very cool. On the service piece of that, are you, is that kind of, hey, go and do something or are you providing kind of, you know, here's some examples or write down to like, here's specific stuff you could do within your community. What does that look like? Yeah, so um, it's either or. If if they have something that they're already naturally kind of connected to, someone in their group is connected to, we give them the freedom, you know, as long as it's a, a biblically based thing to go and 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 connect there. And then at the same time, we also provide some connections for them if they don't know where to start. And so our director of missions does a great job of kind of coming alongside of our group leaders in that and making connections on their behalf and then giving them some opportunities to step into those things. Another thing that really we're, we're ramping up right now is we're doing, we're working really hard to get our groups connected with missions and, and particularly a missionary either nationally and through a church planter or internationally. And kind of what we've said to them is think of that person as if they're a member of your group. And so, you know, a couple times a term, Skype them in, Hear what God's doing in their mm. in oh, their church cool. or in their you know in their wherever they are on the field, mm-hmm. and then our hope is that longer term our groups will begin to do short term trips together to go to the place that they've you know w- that the person is that they've been kind of skyping with and talking with, and we're beginning to even set aside a little bit of budget money strategically to kind of help with that. <laughs> uh, to we feel like it fuels uh, great things here. The more feet that we get on foreign soil or 
uh, even national soil and other places just to kind of give a missional value. It just makes our church healthier. It makes our groups healthier. And so it's a big thing that, that we're kind of working toward right now. Hmm. Okay, very cool. Well, let's go back to the kind of trimester thing. You're kind of, as you're coming in, kind of bringing people on, what are you learning about that kind of process of actually getting people connected? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, that I think we found, and you guys have probably all found, is that invitation, personal invitation, is the primary way that people get connected to groups. And so um, it, it just it feels a whole lot uh, less intimidating if they're going with someone they know. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we try to really encourage our leaders to do as we've grown, you know, our staff makes an effort to meet people and kind of invite people along. But as we've grown, that's become more difficult. Mm-hmm. So we've encouraged our leaders to, you know, serve on our, our hospitality team where people come in and, um, you know, they make a connection with them. They, you know, they're at the door or they're at our info center because if someone's going to look for a group, the first place they're going to typically go is to an info center. Mm-hmm. And so for, especially for some of our leaders who are more, you know, extroverted, outgoing, it, it's a perfect opportunity for them to say, man, not only let me tell you about my group, but, or about a group, but why don't you come to my group, come check it out. And then the other thing I think we've discovered and is that people tend to be creatures of habit, as, mm. as we all know. And so mm-hmm. we've said to our leaders, hey, as you sit in the same section on Sundays, get to know the people that are sitting around you. And if you see a new person there, make a connection with them and, mm-hmm. and invite them along into small group community. Maybe not in the first conversation, but over the course of a couple of weeks. And, you know, groups are pretty front and center here. So within a couple of three weeks, they have they probably heard something about groups. And so mm-hmm. it's, it makes sense for them to to make an invitation. And that's been that's been super helpful for us. Hmm. Uh, what are some of those ways that you are, you know, you kind of you said there that, you know, on the weekends, you're kind of raising the value of groups. People are hearing about it. What are some of those other ways outside of the personal invitation that just it's kind of just normal for you to talk about? Yeah, I think I think one of the ways that's probably been most beneficial for us is all of our teachers do a great job of talking about their group. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's it's not uh, out of the ordinary for our lead pastor to say, you know, last week in our life group, we were talking about this or, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, the other day we went and served here as a group and mm-hmm. it just reinforces that value. And mm-hmm. um, the the great thing is, I know it's intentional on their part, but at the same time, it really is something that's just kind of coming out of coming out of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes out naturally. It doesn't feel forced. And mm-hmm. it's just one more layer of, you know, putting that out there for people and, and maybe making them curious about what it would be like to to connect in a group. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I would say, too, is we've been pretty strategic about not offering a lot of things that compete with groups. Mm. And so, when yeah, when we start, uh, when someone comes to us and says, hey, I'd like to start a ministry that does this, or I'd like to do a ministry that does that, we really try to push that back to the life group level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if somebody comes and says, hey, I want to start a food pantry, for example, we say, hey, you know, we do that through groups. Here's an organization in the community that's already doing that and doing that well. Mm-hmm. Why don't you get your group connected with that organization and let's support what they're doing rather than reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. And, man, it's gone, that's gone really well for us. Hmm. Uh, I don't know that it, it works everywhere, but it certainly worked really well for us. Very cool. Now, what about the leadership of the individual groups? What are you asking kind of out of the leaders of those? Is, is it like kind of the lone person on a hill you're looking for, you know, they're going to do everything? Or what, is, what does that look like? 
Yeah, man. Um, I think for us, one of the big values is shared delegation. Mm. So it's it's this idea that um, a leader doesn't have to do everything and a leader mm-hmm. shouldn't do everything mm-hmm. because you know we all know that a guy who carries it all on his shoulders, even though that's easier in the moment at times, ends up tired over time. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the way the body of Christ was really designed to function. And so, so what we said to our leaders is, hey, we want you to delegate those core values, those things that we're asking you to focus on, to members in your group based around their spiritual gifts mm-hmm. or their passions. And so, for example, if you've got someone who has the gift of administration, you know, let them do all the administration for the group. If you have one who has someone who has the gift of teaching, you know, let them share in some of the facilitation. If you've got someone who has passion for evangelism, missions, mm-hmm. let them be that guy who's who's doing that reaching priority value for mm-hmm. you. And you know, we've seen that groups who do that consistently are are healthier over the long haul than than groups that don't do that consistently. Mm-hmm. Very cool. No, that's cool. What about training? What do you do, to, uh, you know, from a training your life group leaders? What does that look like? Yeah, so um, as as with most, there's a lot of on-the-job training. So there's a um, uh, there's an orientation that I do with them that's about an hour and a half long that kind of <laughs> tells them the whole, you know, why we do what we do, the biblical basis for why we do what we do. Because a lot of the people who've come here that have come from other churches have been in churches some of them with great group structures and great group systems. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes it's more difficult to get buy-in from that person because they've seen (laughs) it work so well in a, in another context in a different way. And, and so I spent a lot of time in that just saying to them, Hey, this is how we do groups here. This is why we do groups this way. And if you're going to lead here, we really ask that you lead in the context of, Mm -hmm. of our system. And then from there we do uh, follow up with coaching, and we do follow up with uh, apprenticeship with mm-hmm. with other existing leaders. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that we're actually in the process of right now is uh, we've been working uh, through something that's called Oxano mm-hmm. Leadership Development Track. And so we're heading into our last month of that. And it's really a leadership pathway that, that helps us to be more intentional about developing leaders. Mm-hmm. And it's been super helpful for us. Hmm. Uh, we haven't got it all figured out yet, but we feel like we're on the front end of really taking that to uh, another level. Very cool. Um, one thing that I know a lot of churches struggle with, you know, I think similar, you know, our churches are similar in that, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of kids and, you know, what does that look like? How do we do that? Well, you know, do you struggle with, you know, what, you know, if mom's mom and dad are out, what do they do with the kids? All that kind of stuff. What are, what are you doing uh, for the kind of family side of the equation here? Yeah. Um, Man, quite honestly, in the past 20 years that I've been involved in groups, we've done just about everything. <laughs> and great. I think the thing that I've found that is not always the cleanest, it's a little bit messy at times, but it seems to work the best for families most consistently. And for us, it's a real biblical value. We ask families to do group together. Mm. And so um, if a family comes to my group and they have children, they bring the kids along with them. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do is during the you know, a, a fellowship time, welcome time, connection time, the, the the kids will be in with us. And then while we jump into the adult Bible study, we'll send the kids into a different part of the house mm-hmm. to do something that we call wildlife. Mm. And it's very intentionally named because it can get a little bit wild. At times. <laughs> but it's it's a lot like VBS. You know, there's a we, we put together a, a wildlife kit for our group leaders. There's craft, there are crafts and things like that in the, wow. in the, in the group or in that box. 
And then they'll go and, and we try to give them a 20-minute lesson that somebody can pick up and lead for the kids. And our, our parents take, to, take turns rotating through the leadership of that. Hmm. And, you know, we're not trying to necessarily recreate what they get on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But we are saying, hey, if we're going to have this season with kids, let's invest in them in an age-appropriate way hmm. uh, in their spiritual life. And, you know, it's that whole deal that kids don't have a junior version of the Holy Spirit when they become a believer. They have the, the same version that you and I have. And so we've been charged to invest in them in a way that's appropriate for their age, but also builds the kingdom in them. And uh, again, it's not always perfect. And I'm constantly looking out there for new ways and fresh ways to <laughs> do that. I just bought, Joe Comiskey has a new book on kids and cell ministry that I, I just bought. I haven't read yet, but um, you know, it, it it can get, like I say, a little messy, but man, when you see kids who've been in that now for 10 years or so, they have grown up not knowing anything else, and that mm-hmm. value is just embedded deeply in them. Mm-hmm. That's who we. That's what we want in the DNA of, of who we are here. Hmm, that's amazing. So do you provide, so let's just kind of pull apart the wildlife thing a little bit, because I don't know of it when I read this, I'm like, I don't know a lot of churches that do that. That, that seems really great. Um, <clears throat> do you provide like, you know, all the material up front? Is it basically kind of a 12 week, you know, kind of campaign every time? What is that? Just give us kind of some of the details around that. Yeah. Yeah. So for us in the beginning, especially when we were, uh, we didn't have the budget as uh, mm-hmm. to do great things as I know many of us probably are in that place. Mm-hmm. We would just pull different things. You know, we, we'd use different resources that we'd find online or, or through different books out there. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, what we're currently doing is Lifeway writes a, a wildlife lesson for us each week. We mm-hmm. have them write our, our part of, some of our groups do a sermon facilitation, mm-hmm. and Lifeway writes that for us, and we also have them writing a wildlife lesson for us as well. Mm. And usually what they'll do is they'll write that with a 12-week block in mind, so there's okay. a, an activity week to week. But man, you know, anything walking a kid through the Bible, even a, even a, you know, uh, old school Sunday school book or something like that works right. great. You're just right. trying to build, you know, build biblical truth into their into their minds and hearts. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. This has been great. I hope you've been taking notes as you've been listening in because this has been just a lot of great uh, insight into what you know what's happening there um, at your church. Anything else you want to share before we pivot into the rest of the episode? Yeah, the the only other thing I would say about the kids thing is I, I've had a number of people through the years say to me man, we're so grateful that you do groups the way that you do because, you know, we were somewhere before and we can never get connected to a group because we couldn't, we either couldn't afford childcare mm-hmm. on a weekly basis or if we went and dropped somebody off at the ch- dropped our kids off at the church for someone to watch them. By the time we got back, it was three hours, you know, we were out right. on a school night and the fact that we can bring our children with us is, is a huge deal. So not that any of those other ways are wrong, mm-hmm. but for us in our culture, it, it seems like it works really well with kind of the rhythm of the family and um, and just seems to take down one more barrier, mm-hmm. more reason why people don't connect to a group. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to pivot into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Today we have uh, Troy Palermo from LifePoint Church. Great conversation uh, today. Troy, what is an online resource that you're using these days that's helping you out? Yeah, so we just kind of 
our team just kind of pivoted over to Asana, mm. which is A-S-A-N-A, mm-hmm. and not to be confused with Oxano, the thing that I talked about <laughs> earlier. Right. It's just kind of an online collaboration thing, and we're using that a lot more among our teams mm-hmm. to collaborate and keep everything in one spot mm-hmm. and have discussions, and we've been using that now for several months, and it's going really well for us. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last oh, maybe six months to a year that you feel like is you know shaping your thinking or ministry? Yeah, so um, just a couple of weeks ago, I picked up a book called uh, Start With Why Mm. by Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine at a a church here in town recommended it. And man, I'm not, I'm only in the beginning, kind of a quarter of the way through it, but it is really, really a great book. It's a business book, Mm -hmm. but it's given me a lot of good things to kind of think about and think about in the context of how we move forward here. Yeah, fantastic, great book, fantastic book for sure. Um, What's another ministry you're looking at that inspires you these days? Yeah, there are a couple of churches here in Ohio that mm-hmm. are, you know, here in our context. One is Cedar Creek up mm-hmm. in Perrysburg. Mm-hmm. I think they have eight, ten campuses. And so doing a lot of the things that, that are similar to what we're doing, but they're miles ahead of us. And so it's really good to kind of be able to just learn from them. And then there's a, another church here in Columbus called Rock City Church mm-hmm. that is a plant that's just a few years old. And man, they're doing fantastic things here in our city. Um, and we're we're definitely learning some from them. The friend that I mentioned that told me about that book is is one of the pastors there at Rock City, and uh, they're they're just really doing an incredible job of impacting specifically around the college campus at Ohio State. Mm-hmm reaching students. Yeah, we had Chad Fisher, the the lead pastor on um, Online Seminary a while back. They're a great church for sure. Yeah, man, for uh, sure. Great, great doing lots of great stuff for sure, definitely. Uh, that's great. Well, what is, uh, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive today, um, you know, to just chat, who would you want to talk to and why? Yeah, I think for me, probably Jim Cimbala. Mm-hmm. Uh, early, early on in my ministry, you know, he was just one of those guys that was inspired me and mm-hmm. I love to hear him talk about prayer and kind of what God's done in his life and what mm-hmm. God's done in his church through the power of prayer and mm-hmm. so it'd be really interesting I think to sit down and just kind of hear from his heart about what that looks like mm-hmm. on a more personal level what that looks like uh, among his leaders mm-hmm. and just some of the really cool things that they've seen God do mm-hmm. through the years through through prayer mm-hmm. very cool well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. When you're not, uh, you know, trying to lead the ministry for 1,800 different people in in life groups, what do you do to just kind of kick back, relax, have a little bit of fun? Yeah, man, I really like to fish. And oh, so nice. I fish as there as much as I get a chance to do, and particularly I like I like to fly fish. Oh, cool! And so um, my in-laws have a house kind of a central Arkansas. So as often as I can get down there and fly fish, there's some world-class fly fishing there, and Cool. Not so many places here in Ohio, but yeah. there are a couple that I get out to. So it's, that's spots. how I spent some of my time. Yeah, that you're not going to tell anybody about because you don't want people I am to not. know about it. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Well, Troy, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, how can they do that? Yeah, I think probably the easiest way is just check out the website. Mm-hmm. It's lifepointohio.com, mm-hmm. and my contact information is on there and lots of information about kind of what's going on here and what God's doing here at LifePoint. Great. really appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter. 
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.